0: Welcome back, FitRec family. Things are heating up around here at FitRec, and so is our podcast schedule. Uh, we're back to you, uh, bringing to you the latest in health and fitness news, culture, and information to help you make the most of your health and fitness journey. Uh, with everything that's happening with FitRec in 2020, we have FitRec CEO Anthony Bastillo back in this podcast, podcast studio today, and an extra special guest, Jenny Bastillo. Say hi, you two.
1: How's it going? We're uh, very excited to be here. So uh, both of us actually. So this is the first time we've actually done it, where we have two of us here. So
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that was Jenny. If you didn't know that, she's a little shy. She'll <laughs> warm up. Um, as we shared a couple weeks ago, we're hard at work incorporating all of your helpful feedback on the app, and a little bit here, um, I'm going to have Anthony share Anthony and Jenny actually share with our listeners what's up. Um, but before that, we have a good one in store for y'all today. Uh, I'm calling this new series called uh, FitRec Reacts, uh, and if you're familiar with like YouTube, uh, you'll you'll see leaders in the industry react to things. And so this is FitRec Reacts. Uh, it'll be an opportunity to, for us to to react to things that are shaping our industry and to give you uh, our take on it. But before we get into it, here, um, hang in there with us. Right after the break. All right, on today's bot podcast, uh, we are kicking off a new series called FitRec Rec Reacts. Uh, last week, we mentioned a trending documentary on Netflix called The Game Changers. Uh, and Anthony thought it would be a good idea to talk a little bit more about it in detail with you, our listeners. Uh, here's how Netflix describes this documentary. It's called The Game Changers, it's, and this is how they describe it. Uh, Meeting visionary scientists and top athletes, a UFC fighter embarks on a quest to find the optimal diet for human performance and health, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lewis Hamilton, and James Wilkes. Uh, Perhaps a little-known fact about this documentary, because if you watch it, you'll be astonished by the uh, production quality and how well it's shot. Uh, It's done really well. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's done really well. Uh, The documentary was directed by Oscar-winning Louis uh, Tsai and is executively produced by James Cameron uh, of uh, Titanic Ilk, right? Wow. Uh, I did know that. Avatar. Yeah, okay. That's crazy. Uh, along with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan. Uh, but before we bring in Anthony, let me give a, a brief summary of the documentary um, just to elaborate. Uh, the Game Changers follows James Wilkes, who is a, a, an elite special forces trainer and UFC fighter. He suffers uh, a near career-ending injury in both of his knees, and in the midst of recovering from those injuries, he he did some research and began seeking out the optimal diet that might not only expedite his recovery, but make him a better athlete in his return. In brief, his whole world gets turned upside down when he discovers a group of world-renowned athletes and scientists who sing the praises of plant-based diets. While seeking to re-educate people on their misconceptions on the diet's benefits, including how we consume protein. Now, along the way, Wilkes talks about uh, talks to leading scientists in the field as well as top top level athletes in the world of strength events, uh, F one racing, professional tennis, football, and basketball. Uh, so, before we get talk about uh, some of the more specific points of the documentary, Anthony, uh, what did you Anthony and Jenny, what do you think? What did you think about the documentary?
1: I know I think it's great. I think it gives you another perspective. Um, and so I, you know there's a lot of documentaries that are out there like this that uh, I don't, I'm not going to say like this, but that are similar in ways of the, you know they have that food documentary, and they said, and I think the last one that I saw uh, was I can't remember um, it was like with McDonald's and all the other stuff that they had.: That's
0: right Size me.
1: Yeah, Super Size Me. That was the last one that I saw. But this one was a little bit different, right? Because I think a lot of this, they put a little bit more research into it, and they had a little bit more data uh, than the previous ones. And then I think it was another interesting way to watch it. Uh, I mean, it it was shot incredibly. It was like a story that was being told, and you're being able to follow them. And so I think it has that two... And, you know, I feel like in a documentary, it's almost like the um, you're watching somewhat of a movie, but at the same time, it's almost like a YouTube, like being blogged or being a vo- being in a vlog. And so, it was interesting to put those two kind of blends into it. Um, but as well, I really did uh, just enjoy uh, the film overall and just how the storytelling was telling, and then backing it with the research. I think that was eye opening for me.
0: And Jenny, from what you saw of the documentary, what did you think?
2: Yeah, I agree with Anthony. Um, I think they brought in a lot of good health aspects with, um, like research to back it up. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I think they shot it very well.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, with that I think with James Cameron at the sort of helm, um, executively producing it and they had an Oscar award-winning director, I, I, th- I thought, the production value of the documentary was quite good. Um, I thought it was an interesting documentary myself, kind of along the lines of others of its ilk, um, food Inc. Um, uh, what the health, if you ever seen those, um, I watched a lot of Netflix, they're all on Netflix. Um, albeit coming from more of a, I thought it was a more of uh, a balance of of um, uh, fact and sort of anecdotal evidence. So, I think like when you talked about Supersize Me, that was sort of like one person's perspective. Um, but here they brought in a number of you know uh, reputable athletes and scientists to kind of uh, support what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, but let's get into a, a few of the finer aspects of the documentary. Um, so, throughout the film, uh, James Wilkes, he's the elite Special Forces trainer, um, ex-UFC fighter. Uh, he cites uh, scientific uh, research. Uh, he interviews an, a number of medical doctors, and, and he features a number of of both vegan and vegetarian athletes, um, which I think that, if, and looking back on it, I don't think they did a really good job of kind of distinguishing the difference between vegan athletes and, and vegetarian athletes, but... Um, the, their whole idea is that the majority of your diet is plant-based, and and the movie starts off with an argument based on a, on the on the history uh, on history, and uh, and they, they go into uh, Ro- Roman gladiators. Um, now he calls it a study that he had come across wherein uh, gladiators yeah. they, they didn't yeah, eat any they didn't meet, eat meat they had a um, pre- predominantly vegetarian diet. Uh, and, and they demonstrated this based on the, the bone density of, of gladiator skulls. And, and an archaeologist in the film states that they, they ate a vegetarian diet rich in carbohydrates with an occasional calcium supplement. Uh, they said they found that the bones were, uh, were found to have high levels of an element called strontium. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. Um, indicating that it had, that they were on a diet, heavy in vegetables. Uh, specifically, uh, beans and barley. Now, that's a whole bunch of stuff. But um, you know, what did you think about uh, that story about the Roman gladiators?
1: You know, it, it's again, it's for me, it's just like how it's not something that is just said. It's something that's kind of backed up, and they have the scientific stuff to it. So um, it's interesting in the fact that uh, we're able to do that now. And I think maybe fifteen, twenty years, maybe even uh, you weren't able to be able to do these tests and and um, kind of see those uh, features, uh, you know, as the research gets a little bit better. So, but again, I think some of the stuff that he's pointing out to you is just kind of fact-based of what they looked at and what they've done. I don't know if they're very, if it's been controversial um, with that study in particular. Uh, And I didn't see the rebuttal of that when uh, I was watching the other stuff that they're like contradicting the film. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I did see was, you know, him going on Joe Rogan and that's not one of the things that they said, you know, that they were trying to fight about, that right. this wasn't true. Right. Um, so I haven't personally looked at, you know, the study and seen it. I, I probably would not even know how to read half these studies because I'm not a scientist. Um, but just how they present the facts, I think mm-hmm. that it's interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, I agree. And I also think it like, Building onto that part, when they started to bring up I don't know if we talk about it later, but bring up the teeth and how our teeth are. Yes. Um, it's just these are just facts. So those are just things that like you can't rebuttal against it. It's just facts and research that they've done to prove it.
0: Yeah, they were talking about the shape of our teeth, the the fact that we have the our molars that are designed to masticate um particularly uh sort of plants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and if we were if we were uh Predominantly meat eaters. Be predominantly meat eaters. We would not, we would have teeth that look like meat eaters, um, but uh, that, yeah. So that 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 is a valid observation. Um, you know, I found a commentary on that same study. Uh, it said that uh, movies and media have uh, warped our image of these of these individuals. The Roman gladiator image that we have in our mind. We commonly think about um, what we commonly think are, is the likely. Um, Idea of who they are isn't actually what is in reality. I think we often associate gladiators with like Russell Crowe in the movie Gladiators, yeah, yeah. right? Or uh, you know, if you're you know if you're uh, into that movie, but uh, three hundred with the Spartans and everything, like those yeah. eight pack abs and they're all ripped and that was painted
1: and, on most of and, them. And, 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 yeah,
0: painted. painted on. No, that's true. <laughs> they were all jacked, but um, um, the same study about that the the strontium levels mm-hmm. also said that gladiators were prisoners of war. Uh, slaves and condemned offenders, uh, the which plant- I don't
1: think they're going to get the best of the best meats. You know? No, they're not going to get <laughs> yeah, the best be. of the best. Uh,
0: the plant-based diet was intended to fatten the warriors uh, to provide an extra layer of of adipose uh, tissue, so su- such that if they were to sustain a wound, it wouldn't like fatally kill them. Mm-hmm. Right, that they could continue in battle. Right, so and was that's kind why of, I have a little
1: extra on my area, in the middle and just, <laughs> just in case. Because yeah. you're eating a lot of beans and barley, exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, additionally, um, the barley and wheat uh, was cheaper. It was cheaper, yeah. And so, if you're if you're a prisoner of war or a slave or a condemned offender, uh, you're not going to be making a lot of money, if at all. And so, you kind of get what you get, and uh, that's all that you know. Gladiators were able to afford. Uh, to provide themselves sustenance for their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what uh, and, and this article was saying that uh, I think that we often confuse gladiators for our the Olympian athletes. yeah mm-hmm. And the, it's the Olympian athletes that are the ones that have the means because if they win it if they win their event, they back in the day there would be a, a, a sacrificial offering and they would get a piece of that meat. The like choice is part of that meat mm-hmm. uh, for them to consume. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was very interesting. Uh, so gladiators—they were—they were—they were carb packing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they were carb loading, and, and we know what happens to our bodies when we we pack on the carbs.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're not using that energy, I think if you use the carbs, you know, if you're going to be running. Ten miles, you're going to need that those carbs, you know. Yeah, right? yeah. And so, yeah, I think if you pack on the carbs without any, you know, energy being expended, you're going to be able to gain some stuff. But I think it, it's, you, it. I'm not going to say a carb diet is a bad diet. I just think that you have to no, have balance. No, you know?
0: but I mean, considering the the line of work that they were in, mm-hmm. um, you know, yes, you know, eating carbs will give you that energy, but also, um, you know, if you're out there for a long period of time and you're battling for hours and hours and hours. Uh, we've talked on previous podcasts where, you know, uh, you know, fat is, is your long-term energy source. When you expend up all that, you know, readily available glucose, your body goes right to fat to, you know, find that energy. And that's where, you know, uh, something like this would benefit a gladiator in, in battle. Um, uh, that same article said that, uh, let's see here, uh, oh, going back to the, fi- uh, the film, uh, the Game Changer uh, is seemingly filled with a bunch of research, and and, and that's what we said in one instance, uh, Wilkes cites an actual peer-reviewed research, and he says that, uh, and when it comes to gaining strength and muscle mass, uh, research comparing plant and animal proteins has shown that as long as the proper amount of amino acids are consumed, the source of that protein is irrelevant. Uh, and I think he's mentioned that a little bit on the jo- the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Uh, but it also and yet in the same study, that same study, it states that a group as a group, vegetarians have lower mean muscle creatine concentrations than do omnivores. And if you're not familiar with an omnivore, it's it's just somebody or something that eats both plants and animals.
1: But I think that makes sense, right? Because you know you get the creatine from the meat and I don't think if you're not I mean it, it has this essential amount of creatine in it. Um uh, and so you're gonna, it's going to have a lower creatine if you're going to be in a plant-based diet. I, I don't disagree with that.
0: Right, yeah. And I think that what, we're, what this study was basically getting at is that um, you're, you're going to have uh, differential muscle development um, because of the lower mean muscle creatine concentration. So even though, even though Wilkes makes this argument that the average plant eater – Gets about seventy percent. You can see this on the website. Seventy percent more protein than needed. Uh, It really isn't amount about the amount of protein that you get, but what kind of protein you get, and um, uh, the actual, and specifically the actual beneficial amino acids that you're receiving. And in one article, it says that uh, the beneficial aspects of protein are dictated by their essential amino acid content. Uh, specifically, protein quality should be measured by its branched-chain amino acids. So if you're familiar, if, you, if you're going to the gym and you're taking supplements, you're, you're very familiar with uh, these four letters, BCAA. B-C-A, yeah. And, and more specifically, leucine, which is an amino acid of, of, uh, that's found in protein. Um, and uh, where you can find the most uh, leucine uh, is in whey. So whey protein uh, is something that is found in dairy products. Uh, contains as much as uh, two times the amount of leucine that is found in, say, uh, wheat. Uh, for most vegan substitutes that provide an adequate amount of leucine, typically uh, that means that they're consuming twice as much uh, of whatever that is. I think soy uh, has a comparable amount of leucine, but you need to eat twice as much of it um, by weight, uh, and sometimes at the added expense of twice the calories. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as an added incentive to avoid a leucine-rich diet like dairy Wilkes, he goes on to say that like, uh, he goes on to say that cow's milk. So, instead of getting your your leucine from like whey protein, he goes on to argue that because by saying that cow's milk, which is where we, most of us get our dairy from, whether in the form of cheese or not, um, can increase estrogen and lower testosterone in men. And he cites this uh, 2010 study. In order to make that claim, uh, which surveyed eight, eighteen people,
1: and- I, I think that's one study. And I, I didn't look at the other studies that he's done or what he's seen, but I've, I've read and I've come across this—not just the you know this study that he's done, um, but other different ones as well. And I think the I, and it was stated in the film too. I think fifty percent of the people or fifty percent of the populations is lactose intolerant. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a substantial amount, and we're the only people that continue to eat dairy. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, in adulthood as well. Um, so I, I, I don't know with this study. It had only been eighteen. I, I mean, that, I mean, it's not a great study, you know, to be able to uh, cite. Um, but I think further research or something that we can kind of dive into later to research that. I, again, I this film for me, like everything else, it's just a different perspective. And I think I, we can get caught up with all the facts and all the studies that was done. But I just want you know for the reaction for you know as far as fitrick is to give people a different perspective right to what exactly. we talk about and how we're doing exactly it, is to give uh, uh, an idea that not everything is that pushed right like this film was they i'm um, studies that were kind of pushed out and before this film came people were already making all the negative comments before it was even you know pushed out into where people can mm. actually see the film um before it came out and there has to be a reason for that right i think some people don't want you know there's a they talked about it, dairy, uh, you know, the dairy people, the people, oh, that yeah, I mean, they, sure. they don't want people to hear this. And so I think any of the films that from the, you know, supersized me to this one, I think I saw another one like in the beginning of 2000s where uh, I think his name was Joe and he was just juicing for like 30 days or something mm-hmm, like that. And it was mm-hmm. just the juice. And it was all pretty much veg- all vegetables. It wasn't any yeah. other than that. And so I just want people to have a different look at perspectives and, and kind of come to there's not a perfect diet for everyone, I think, but I think largely, I think studies are seen that we're seeing and that we're probably in the last, you know, seven to 10 years is that plant base is, is huge now. It's just something that we kind of oh, we, yeah. we need to go back to and look at instead of what was pushed out oh, yeah. in the 70s and for 80s sure. about this, you know, these meals of having this much portion of dairy and this much portion of meat is no longer valid.
0: Oh, for know? sure. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that's the whole point. Like I said at the very beginning, I thought it was a very interesting documentary that puts out there something that. I think people are, are generally resistant to. And, and if you've grown up, if you grew up at all, uh, you know, during the food pyramid period, yeah. right? Mean, that was
1: yeah. the peak of my childhood. Right. Yeah.
0: You know, so they're they're talking about that, like, cheese and dairy products are essential part of your diet. And on the one hand, yes. Uh, on the other hand, we are the only species on the planet as adults that still consume dairy products. Yeah. And, and so – uh, I think that what what's beneficial for our listeners is to you know take a look at this documentary, but then ask questions because uh, you and, and when you have those questions, hopefully, what we can do is provide some of those answers. So if you, if fifty percent of the population is lactose intolerant, you're certainly not going to get your whey protein from a dairy product. Yeah, no. And so where where is somebody going to get leucine rich protein um, if they can't consume a dairy product? And so, uh, so that's so for for Wilk, James Wilkes to say that it doesn't matter what, where you get your protein um, because everything is is created equal. That's not true, and yet at the same time they, you're put into a conundrum. Once you figure out, oh okay, I need leucine rich protein mm-hmm. for muscle development. Well, I that's whey protein, but I can't I can't consume a dairy product. So what are the alternatives? And as I was saying, like soy products, mm-hmm. soy products. Uh, one of the things that this documentary gets right is that they're I think there's a one point that uh, they were talking about um, how there's a misconception of if, if you consume soy products that you're you're somehow pumping estrogen into your body. Yeah, that's and you know men will what a myth Yeah, man, they... and so they dispel that myth. And so there's there's nothing uh, egregiously wrong with consuming soy products, which is a product that is high in leucine content. Mm-hmm. So eat that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right? no, it, and that's the other thing, right? If you don't ask the questions, if you don't do the research, then you don't know. And you know, the information's out there. There's so much information now that you can pull. I think for us, for people that are just normal people or people that don't do research, is that. You have to be better now in filtering out the information mm-hmm. and looking it out and seeing what it is, and so mm-hmm. doing research to see how, what their study is, their sample size, how they get their research, who they're sampling. Make sure that these, the sample size is supposed to be, you know, relative of what they're doing. You know, eighteen is not sufficient. right. right. Um, but at the same time, who's doing these tests? You know, how how do we get funded? Who's doing the Who's oh, doing yeah. the funding of the test? You know, is it something that is going to be You know, peer-reviewed, or is it? You know, across the board, it was just one-sided. So, a lot of the stuff that you have to look back and look into, and they have the small fine prints at the end of these of these um, uh, studies, is that you have to really look into those fine prints, right? Because, you know, and you have to. I mean, he points out several studies that shows that they were backed by meat Mm -hmm. companies. You know, basically pro meat. And so that's the stuff that you have to look into. But it's very difficult, right? We're yeah. not used to doing it. You know, we're we're easy to be able to just pull the information or look, read and just not right. even read, just watch a now video or just seeing it and then mm-hmm. okay, this must be mm-hmm. true. But uh at the same time I think you definitely need to learn how to read and see uh in a research uh kind of mindset and eyes.
0: Yeah, and and it goes both ways too. And I don't if you're not very careful, you won't catch it in the film either, but when they they cite an avocado study that reduces inflammation. That study was funded by an avocado production. But they,
1: didn't they put that point that out though?
0: I don't know. I, I, thought, mean, I don't I remember. The thing they did. But, but as, long you know, about, as long as you know, as long as you catch it, like mm-hmm. you you understand, you know, you know, your, the biases, and then you could do your own research. Do yeah. your own research. Don't just consume the video and and and, and take it as gospel. Um, you know, the question that I had here was to to. Um, Kind of begin to introduce uh, what it might look like for us to for our listeners to consider not just sort of a a, a holistically plant based diet, but you know considering what what a what a healthy eating healthy eating practice might be, uh, and how um, it might be okay for folks to consider sort of omnivorous an um, omnivorous uh, diet, right? So mm. uh, being okay with eating meat, obviously in moderation. Um, but with a, you know, sort of majority or predominantly sort of um, plant-based meal structure.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a balance. I think it all comes to a balance. And I've, because I've been doing this for years, um, I've seen the people go with no carbs for, you know, long periods of time. So do do the Atkins diet or do the ones that are are just quick fads, maybe have some truth to it. And that's why people kind of attach to it. Um, But I think all around at the end of the day, I think the people that have the – that are the balance, that has that balance mm-hmm. mindset of doing things that are not too extreme and they just do consistency of like working out and eating correctly, I always feel like they do very well mm-hmm. than the people that try to jump into it. And, I, and I've been I've and I've been the one for many years to do the same thing. I would find something and I'd be like, oh, this is interesting. I don't know how many juicers I bought over the years <laughs> or George Foreman grills that I bought over the years. I think Jenny years. knows. Yeah, yes. she probably knows. <laughs> you know? um, just because I see it and I jump on it and I do it and, and – it's hard not to sometimes. It's hard to see and you're like this works. And so I think now I'm looking at it and being having different perspectives and seeing all these videos and doing all these research is just to see okay, it all comes down to consistency and having a balance and mm-hmm. then having the right mindset of like, look, I I now that we switched to more of a plant based diet, I do feel a lot more healthier and I feel a sure. lot more and yeah. then going back into being having more meat. Even sometimes we'll we'll slip and have you know, meat or whatever for a few days. It doesn't I, I can feel the difference myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think personally people have to go and, and do their own research within their own body, right? To be able to like yeah. where where do they feel better at, right? And for me, I mean Jenny can speak to this. I mean, we've gone to more of a plant based diet with HelloFresh yeah. and stuff.
2: Yeah, we've moved towards trying to be plant based. Um, we're not like vegan, so we still have dairy products and stuff. Um Jeez. But- Yeah, (laughs) but I definitely, we, we feel full. We feel like we're getting enough nutrients and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely feel better. We do, but like, like Anthony said, I still think it's a balance. Like if you want to have meat one day, like there's something specific you want to have. Like, I I still think you can do that. I think Mm -hmm. you can balance the meals as long as you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle.
0: Yeah. So so what I want to bring up another point here that comes from the movie. Uh, He had talked about, James Wilkes talked about um, how, um, by consuming animal products. that In animal products like meat, uh, they can contain a uh, host of deadly toxins that are highly dangerous. And then what the film does is equivocates the eating of meat to the same kind of risk of, of cancer as smoking cigarettes. Um, now, uh, I read in, in another study that the absolute risk of developing something like colorectal cancer is is something on the order of 5%, and that eating processed meat increases that risk. Now, uh, that same study said that eating 50 grams of processed meat about one hot dog a day um, increases that risk by 17%. -hmm. Um, But it also goes on to say that 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 increase of risk is relative. The actual risk of of, uh, colorectal cancer only goes up by 1%, so an absolute risk of 6%. Now, look, Mm -hmm. any increase of risk... Is bad, right? Yeah. Any, any increase of risk is bad. But who's eating one hot dog a day?
1: No, look, <laughs> I, I know that sounds re- really funny or whatever. But, and I and I, well, no, I agree. you know how but, funny that
0: is. So they opened up a, uh, a a hot dog place up in the Kentlands that's uh-huh. near us, and there was a line out the door wrapped around all the way to Mod Pizza. People waiting in line to eat a hot dog.
1: Yeah, I mean, but even think about I. I'm looking at people that are not – that can't afford food, right? That that are – that have the hot dogs as mm-hmm. maybe two times or three mm-hmm. times a week because that's all they can afford, right? Like, right. And I'm talking about people get – you Know creative with these hot dogs, they'll mix it in whatever. Oh, soup. yeah, they won't just have hot dogs, hot dogs per se, but sure. Um, and but it's not just I, hot just dogs, seen, yeah, any process, yeah, meat. any any yeah. processed meat that they'll be able to do. So, I do, you know, I'm looking for like when you start young as a kid with this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If they're your parents or you only can afford these things, they're right. gonna buy the organic meat, right? They're gonna buy something that they can just feed their kids with and do. And so, that's why I think like people with kids should understand like some what what they're putting into the kids' bodies, right? Mm-hmm. And so, it's a cheap. Hot dogs are very cheap. Oh, yeah. I remember eating them all the time as a kid. I don't want to say daily, but I remember eating them quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I do think people. I mean, that's that's a six percent. You know, it's not a huge, but if you add six percent, and then we have another five or six percent from a different area, from not eating or doing something or smoking, sure. it just starts to add up. And so, I, but this the same thing you can get from uh, not washing your vegetables right. Mm-hmm. There's a huge percent of chance if you don't do it. Like there's a certain amount of wax that they do for apples, right? Yeah, like yeah. If you look at the apples like I, I when I started doing the juicing, mm-hmm. the big thing was like all the pesticides in, that they oh, have yeah. on the mm-hmm. on the plants, right? And those bio-organic, are all organic, yeah, right? Yeah, and there and there are there they're, they're just as bad. You know what I mean? And so I, so I did the experiment. I put the apple in hot water and I just let it dry. And I saw the amount of wax that was on Oof. the apple. It was crazy. It was just all this white stuff that you can literally peel off. You know, you can literally just kind of rub with it and you can start pulling off. So I started, you know, taking... And so that's why they say, okay, make sure that you're getting organic vegetables because they don't use as much pesticides as the ones that you don't, mm-hmm. right? But those mm-hmm. are a little bit more expensive. So yes, I think like, it, you know, if you're eating an apple a day, with all these pesticides, you know, even though there's sure. a certain amount of limit that the, the government will say, okay, yeah, it's okay. No one's really testing that, right? And I think watching – what's that doctor? That doctor in the um, – that has like a show like followed Oprah or whatever. Dr. Oz, it was, Dr. Oz. it was, Dr. Oz, it was a, he did a whole thing about the amount of arsenic and the apple juice that we're giving to our kids. And it was oh, a yeah. big study that they produced. And then, you know, that's it because they're it not, a they're
0: not seeding the apples properly. And so, so it's all getting added to the juice.
1: So, you know, that's, and so that's a big thing. That There's you,
0: arsenic in apple seeds, by the way. Yeah. Just so um, you know.
1: But I, but it was also with the study of not just apple seeds. I think there was something else that they was how they were processing um, yeah, that, sure. the, the juice. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, all those chances, like, mm-hmm. you have a hot dog a day, you have apple juice that is pretty much easy that I think you can get from government help. Apple juice, and you have all this, it all adds up, you know. And then you're giving your kids that you thought that would be good because you're giving them some sort of, you know, fruit that is going to be uh, right, not right. washed properly, not right. whatever, can also increase the chances. So, I think. Six percent is is it's a small number, relatively speaking, but but yeah, I mean you're you're
0: absolutely correct, and you know even though it's kind of joking, like who eats one hot dog a day? But you know if we go back to our last episode on obesity in America, Mm -hmm. uh, the people who are more likely to consume one hot dog a day or more are you know are these people really in a position to have financially financially accessible produce, fresh produce, right? Uh, and we talked about organic produce. I mean, are they, is that financially accessible for them? Um, you know, I was working at a local food bank and, you know, the preponderance of donatable items uh, and that end up being um, given out, end up being packaged and processed foods. Mm-hmm. Um, the available fresh produce that we, that we could send out um, was very, very limited. And so this gets me to the point of even, you know, even if, even if plant-based diets is better. The vast majority of Americans headed towards obesity, or obesity-related diseases, uh, don't have reliable don't have reliable access to foods that would sustain a plant-based diet. So, So how do you change it? Yeah, how do you change that? So,
1: you know, one of the things that I that I think that is that is easy, and maybe not here where we live because we have we don't have like huge backyards because most of it is just Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, um, I think having like some sort of garden some, wherever you can, you know, be some able people to do, to do that. Yeah. And so that's how we can change that. Right. Like learning how to be able to do your own. I think one of the things that we did was sweet potatoes and potatoes and we did cucumbers, mm-hmm. um, that you can just grow your own, mm-hmm. you know, that you can have, that you can, uh, sustain, you know, but I think it, you just gotta be smart about it. Right. Tomatoes cause inflammation. You think that, you know, tomatoes is great too, but tomatoes can cause inflammation. Acid. Yeah. And the acid on it. So they, you look at those things as well, but I think growing things on your own that if you have the space to be able to do that, is a lot cheaper, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. to buy some seeds or whatever. Um, and that you can maintain, it doesn't have to be your whole yard, right? You can do these things. Mm -hmm. And so if you have some extra land, you can learn how to do it and do it as well. You know,
0: what do you think, Jenny?
2: Um, I, I think that's a good option, but I don't know if it's feasible for Mm -hmm. everyone. Um, a lot of people that are in this situation most likely don't have like a backyard they may live in an apartment and stuff like that um in those cases they could do little pots and stuff yeah um i think maybe if you know if they can buy if they have large families and they don't have a lot like maybe buying in bulk sometimes like if you buy in bulk at like a super center or something you can kind of get more bang for your buck Mm -hmm. so something like that like even at walmart like you can buy things in bulk um just stuff like that yeah yeah
0: yeah um, yeah. And
1: that's right, right. People that live in affordable housing probably won't have a backyard. Anything, yeah.
2: So. But, um, and even so, I don't, I don't know if it's a good option, but like there are like froze like they have frozen big bags of like broccoli. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. they're not organic, but it's still like, we use that in this house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's still, it's, it's probably just frozen. Mm-hmm. They have fruits and everything. They're all frozen. So like those could be options as well.
0: Yeah. And, and the way they freeze vegetables isn't like, like if you took a Stock of broccoli and you threw it in your freezer. It's not like that, which mm-hmm. would uh, which would be damaging to the cells of the vegetable. Mm-hmm. They do these flash freezing, so it's not, you know, you still retain much of the nutrients from the vegetables. So frozen vegetables are certainly a go-to. Yeah. Um, the film uh, also talks about uh, so while they're talking about the harmful substances in meat, um, in particular, they're they're really talking about heterocyclic am- amines and um what they don't talk about is how the these heterocyclic amines that are in meat can be offset simply by eating fruits and vegetables so you're going to hear me talk about kind of getting back to a balanced um you know which you might consider omnivorous kind of diet but you know predominantly plant plant based so eating your fruits and vegetables along with with a meal containing meat can decrease the formation of uh in this case so heterocyclic amines. i'm just going to say but they HCA's. talked about that too yeah I,
1: I don't know if that was on the rebuttal of the of uh when he was on joe rogan and oh yeah it, yeah it probably was yeah he that. said look you can offset it just by eating whatever effect yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. A vegetable or whatever so
0: um i'm just going to call them hcas from now on but um if you eat your fruits and vegetables along with eating whatever meat that you consume and now let me think let me just tell you this so the studies that i'm looking at here like the meat consumption is the portion of meat is very small like three, yeah three ounces <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. so like yeah.
1: i don't eat if i was gonna eat meat or when i ate meat before there's no way i'm eating three ounces of meat are you kidding me I'm right in texas we're but having the whole plate i, I of understand meat, that you know and it's not gonna be just like well but done. that's not it's gonna be that's not boring,
0: moderation me. uh mr fitrex i know but i'm just
1: saying that was my past <laughs> that was past six months so
0: ago. the normal <laughs> the the normal serving size of meat three ounces okay uh, and there's plenty of protein in three ounces of meat. Now, if you, you eat that three ounces of meat alongside with the you know fruits and vegetables, um, you can eliminate those HCA's by up to ninety nine percent. So you you essentially by by adding and I'm not t- so a lot of my friends are they're self-professed very pr- proud meat eaters. Mm-hmm. Um, they they think the garnish on the steak is salad. So th- I'm not talking about that. I'm like if you eat a sa- like an actual salad mm-hmm. along with your steak. Mm-hmm. Um, you you could potentially reduce the amount of HCAs that you're consuming by up to ninety nine percent. Yeah. So uh, the the question that I'm going to come up here with here is it is it really then all about the diet? Is it all about plant based diets? I mean, some of these tests uh, were performed across athletes, and this is something I wanted to kind of bring up as you were sharing some of that stuff. They didn't control some of the variables um, that were when they when they went through that part where they they. But gave... they did.
1: They test. I mean, they in, they did in the way that they. They made that known. Like they didn't, weren't trying to play like this is a great, you know, this is a great test. But you could see. I mean, there, I mean, first, there's too many variables, right? Yes, the, race and how you know mm-hmm. what their genetics That's are right. or whatever, and all these athletes. But you still can't. I, I don't see, think you can take away from that too much from the study of, and showing that uh, it was. I think it set out what it what it set out to do is just to give yourself some information and be like, right. oh, look. This is what's going on. And somebody right. that, that has worked in the lab before that splint, that spins bloods, that put them in the centrifuge and spins, spins them, I've seen this time and time again where you just see these huge cholesterols. where yes. when it's nice yeah. and clear and good, you can feel like this is going to
2: be you great. You can see it like drawing off Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy. You like know? cholesterol already blowing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can so see it So ladies there, and gentlemen,
0: uh, both – both Anthony and Jenny are nurse, <laughs> nurses. They don't just spin blood in their house. No, no, <laughs> because... we don't. We
1: don't. No, but we've—I've done—I've worked in a variety of fields in the medical field, right? I've worked in the laboratory. I've worked in, um, in it, just not just doing like nursing, nursing. But um, one of the things that I did was interesting to see that it's just like wow, you can see. I—I I, I don't know. There has to be a bigger study in how they do it, but it would be—it'd be interesting to see it. The, the, the word that keeps coming to my mouth is just like all this is just very interesting. And how can we, how do they make a big study about it or how they do it and how can we, how can we fund it? Right.
0: It's just, well, what I wanted to make with this, uh, what the point I wanted to make with this was something that you brought up earlier, right? So they didn't control for some of these variables, including genetic predisposition. Yeah. And so, you know, I think what they do is they, they do this in sort of a sensationalist way to kind of shock you as you watch it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, but here again, you know, as, as a fit rec as part of the FitRec family, what, what we want you to do is to do your research, and also at the same time, as Anthony said earlier, you know, as you as you experiment with your dieting, mm-hmm. right? Figure out what works for you. Like yeah. Your body will let you know what, what's working for you, right? So, and I
1: always say, start with your numbers, right? Like if you don't, yes. if you're not going to your doctor's office, you can't start with that. Just get mm-hmm. your blood work done initially. So where you're at, you know, before you start all these dietings or whatever, so you can know your numbers, right, and then go Mm -hmm. back and test six months from now, right? Um, Which is important, right? Because not actually, not actually, you can sense what you feel like, you know, you feel a little bit more energetic, but you can actually see it in the numbers that you're seeing throughout the some markers that they have that they do test for. Right, cholesterol is one of them. Mm -hmm. You can even do general inflammation as well. Yeah, which can change depending if you had a hard work and all those things. So just make sure when you go to the doctor's office and you're being tested, you know, you're resting for a couple of days, you know, yes. they tell you to go be in the fasting level. Mm-hmm. So these levels can be drawn and do the same when you retest six months ago. You yeah. Know?
0: Um, you know, I, here at Fitwreck, what I think we want to advocate is healthier eating. Um, if you, if you're just listening to our podcast, um, you know, we've, we've had a number of, we have a number of podcasts, including one that was done by, done with uh, one of our trainers and advocates, um, uh, Laura Choi and, uh, listen to that podcast. Um, uh, we, we want folks to, to eat healthy and it, and it, and really at the end of the day, when it comes to what we believe here at FitRec is that it's not just about dieting, mm-hmm. is it? Um, no. we're talking about, um, also engaging in physical activity and exercise, right?
1: Yes. Which is so important. And, and that's what we started this company in order to Provide information right, and to let people know, and then to, uh, not just about eating, not just about being physical, but I, I the most important is developing a community around yourself to be able to reach your fitness goals right mm-hmm. and so and, and that incorporates everything from sharing stories with you on, on the journey feed with we have on the app, um, sharing techniques that you use to go that you 're working out with. Um, What's your, what they're eating and what's working and what's not working. Um, and then finding people that are nearby you that can go work out with you that share that similar, you know, fitness mindset that you have, either it's playing basketball, walking or jogging, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think even so you can support each other if you are trying to make diet changes and mm-hmm. like those kind of lifestyle changes, yes. you can support yes. each other Absolutely. through it on Fit as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and advocate and talk about meals and everything else like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think we could talk about this all day. Uh, We encourage folks, our listeners, to go and watch the game changers just to be informed, uh, just to see what's out there, because there's a lot of misinformation about um, meat and dairy, you know, that's out there that's, you know, supported by big industry. And so go out there and watch the game changers to get the other side of the argument. Uh, we also encourage our listeners to go listen to that Joe Rogan podcast we linked it at the on the last podcast we'll link it on this one mm-hmm. uh, where they had Wilkins on the show um, but we also encourage our listeners uh, to do your research do your own research obviously films like the Game Changers uh, has a specific agenda it wants to push it has its its biases but uh, as a scientist myself there's a wealth of peer-reviewed data out there that's easily consumable and you can you can find out what um, you know what reality actually is um, um, but also kind of um, be mindful of how you know folks that might take some of these little bits of data and kind of distill it into sound bites that kind of support what they want to say yeah. so go out and read it all uh, but at the end of the day uh, and I'm gonna quote uh, a YouTube fitness influencer uh, we've mentioned his name before Jeff Cavalieri. Mm. he says you get on diets because inevitably you get off them. And so, when it comes to healthy eating, his whole mantra is adopt a healthy eating rhythm that you can sustain as a part of a lifestyle. So something you can do, sort of without the drudgery of it all, but for a lifelong sort of practice of of health and fitness.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that quote. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: and I also like Jeff. I mean, that was one of the first products that I bought from him was not only it was like a workout program with the diet, uh, and I just seen over the years just you know. Growing as my fitness journey with Jeff and how, what he's done from the little small little gym that he had to what he has done now on the YouTube, yeah. the big YouTube thing that he has going on now. So, and I've always thought about that. And he doesn't count. He doesn't look at. He's doesn't not counting count calories. calories nope. He's not counting calories. But that guy's a beast. I mean, he's he's
0: he's um, absolutely shredded. Yeah, he's, and he's shredded. fifty plus years old, so. and he's
1: been doing this for years. Like years, it's yeah. not like he's just no. he got shredded. I mean, he's been consistently doing this yeah. for the last ten, fifteen years.
0: Okay, so let's switch gears real briefly here as we we close. Um, Anthony and Jenny, um, can you guys give us an update on where FitRec is right now with things like our app and some of the sort of exciting events that we're going to be hosting and sponsoring and co-sponsoring for 2020?
1: I'll go ladies first. Go ahead. Where are we at?
2: Yeah, so we have two events coming up for 2020. Um, The first event is August... Fifteenth, mm-hmm. Sorry about that. August 15th. It's going to be a kickball tournament. Um, and it's awesome. going to be in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Nice. And yeah, and half of our proceeds are going to go to a um, homeless shelter. It's a women's homeless shelter called Rainbow Place. And our other event is a 5K color run. And that is going to be in South Padre Island, Texas. And that will be May 16th.
1: Yeah. And so those, so the ones open up for registration right now is the one in South Padre Island. Uh, and then we're planning to open up the one for the kickball tournament here in the gate. that's Germantown area in the next probably week or so. Uh, and I think we've cu- we have a cutoff. So we, if you're going to register, register as soon as you can, because, uh, we want teams, I think up to 20, I think we said for kickball or 15, I'm not sure. 16. Oh, 16. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we decided on 16. Um, and then we're only going to have, how many teams did we we can fit because it's only going to be over a day tournament. So I I think we went with, uh, how many teams can we have?
2: Around 16,
0: yeah,
1: 16, teams. Yeah. 16 teams. Okay. Yeah. 16 teams. So 16 teams, but the, how many uh, members can they have on their team? They need at least seven. They you need at least yes. seven. Okay. Yeah. And it's co-ed. So it's, it's co-ed. So you have to have, and you know, not an equal number of people, but you have to have. I forgot how many. So people. many
2: women. I think uh, we haven't made the final rule set, but yeah. Most likely like so when four the next. women.
1: Yeah, when the next week we'll have it out there. But I think we have capped out the teams of twenty people a team, or yes, yeah, twenty people a team uh, that you can have. So, uh, you know, if you're a company or you're a kickball enthusiast, uh, come out and register. We'll have it open. You can go to fitrec. dot com, mm-hmm. go under events, and just click on kickball tournaments, and you can register there with your team. Um, And yeah, we're really happy to sponsor Rainbow Place Which is a women's shelters here That is open in the wintertime uh, When, yeah, pretty much in the wintertime That allow, you know, women to come over there uh, That get people out of the cold, you know And so women, children to be out there and doing those things So uh, that's very important to us We always want to give back What we're doing uh, when we do these tournaments Or when we do these uh, fitness events Is to be able to give back to the community That's a big part of what we're about Um, Now for the app, we're excited because we're finally at this place where we can move towards – when we built this app on on a platform, we built it on a platform that isn't the best but is not the worst. It was kind of mid-grade level, which is what we could do at the time. But now we switched to have different programmers to be able to do in kind of the native language of Mm -hmm. the phone, of iOS and Android. So it's going to run a lot faster, better, less buggy. And so we're very excited about that. That's going to come out – February 20th. We're going to do a big push about that so we can have people – people that have the app, you're not, you're, all you're going to see is you're not going to have to re-sign up or do any of those things. You're going to see it run faster and improve much. Yeah. The stuff that you've been giving us and the feedbacks of what's going on and what's happening, you're going to see those be able to fix a lot faster. And some of the, you know, some of the things that we do have, they're going to be fixed on that push on that next rollout. Um, and then we'll just start there. You know, We'll continue building. We're, right now we're focused here in the U.S. only. Um, but I think within the next few years we want to really branch out. Um, and the why we did that is that we want to know the problems, what's working, what's not working, and then we fix them um, as we go along before we just lease it everywhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so uh, that if, if it's uh, any sort of incentive for our FitRec family out there. Uh, we listen to your feedback. Everything that you have to say as you're using the app and you're coming across uh, something, please let us know. We hear all everything that y'all are saying, and we're trying to incorporate those in, into improved updates for the app. And we're we're excited about this for next release in, on February 20th, and uh, it's going to be a better experience for everybody. And so uh, we hope that you enjoy it. But as soon as it comes out, let us know what's going on, um, and uh, we'll we'll continue to evolve the app uh, to give our family. Um, the best experience uh, always. Um, And as always, you can find updates about FitRec on our website at www.fitrec.com. Join the FitRec family by downloading our app on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store today. And if you're out there and you're struggling with motivation, inspiration, or or maybe you're just confused about how to get started, uh, the FitRec app might be the first step for you to get connected with like-minded folks right in your own neighborhood. Now, for sure, if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, subscribe so you can get the latest and greatest health and fitness news, profiles, and information on the health and fitness world. As a part of the FitRec family, we hope that you discover that uh, when it comes to your health and fitness journey, uh, we're better together. So thanks for listening.
1: Till next time. Bye. All right. Bye.